<laughs> Hashtag penis ink. Just That's the it. best thing to come out of this show is a Just restaurant called Penis Ink. <laughs> I want to talk about a subject that we've all mastered. I feel it's something we're all, like, everyone needs to hear our view on this. Marriage. So. Marriage. 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 So, I want to ask, honestly, and this is the question, because I I think there's more to it. Tony, Hmm. why did you get married? Why'd you get married, man? So you got married. Now you're in. You got a kid. You like him. You seem to like him a little bit. Yeah, he's all right. Uh, I mean, he's... So, marriage. And and here's the thing. I don't want to just make it uh, the finish line, because anyone who's married knows it's not. It's not no one goes, oh, I arrived and it's all good. Why did you get married? And... How are you doing with it? How are you doing with marriage? Because um, I got some, I have more to lead into, but I'm trying to be mysterious and edgy. Okay. Hashtag blessed. Well, uh, I guess I'll start out. So yeah, I've, hashtag my, my wife's name is Jenny, and I'm uh, my son is Luke, and I've been married going on nine years. Okay, uh, huzzah! So I'm 28 years old. I got married when I was 20, beating most uh, Nevada statistics. <laughs> and my wife was 18 when we got married. Oh, and, I uh, know. yeah, we were young, and okay. and we, you know, uh, she thought she was marrying for money, but jokes on her. Ha! Uh, no, but I think I'm trying to think back eight nine years ago, I, I it comes down to this, I guess for me, I mean, like as in the last podcast, I kind of shared about my 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 upbringing, kind of home life things like that, but somehow I still held on to this. It's possible mindset. Like it's possible to have a family. It's possible to be married and have kids and have this family life. I, I think that was something I'd always longed for, even as a kid. Like I was jealous and envious of the kids. Like when when like it'd be like fall break or whatever, or they'd come back and share these stories about Thanksgiving and how like they had all this family time and and their dad and their mom and this and that. And I'm like, man, that sounds like just it just sounds so. It was so desirable to me, even as a kid, even growing up, that I was like, you know what? I, I want to get married. Like, I, I want to have a wife. I want to have kids. I want to try to build a home, you know? Um, obviously, as a teenager, I don't really, I didn't really know what it, what it actually looked like or what it would take, but I just had this desire, this dream of being married, loving somebody, you know, somebody loving me, sharing life together. Um, raising children and and uh, that vision changed obviously as I became a Christian and finding out what it meant to like be a man and get married and how to raise children and everything like that so yeah I just it just started with the basic desire of I know my home life sucks I know everything that I've experienced is not really awesome but I think it's possible to have a healthy family and I just wanted to try you got married before you were a Christian no, uh, I became a Christian when I was 18, so I'd only been a Christian for a couple of years when I got married. Why'd you get married, Sean? <sighs> um, Hold on to your hemorrhoids, folks, because here it comes. <laughs> uh, I 
had been a Christian for a couple of years when I got married, but I feel like I was really misinformed about what marriage was. And, uh, I, and I'm saying that obviously like in hindsight, but I do feel like I got married one because I felt like there was some ultimate satisfaction or some ultimate satiety that occurs when you're married. And so I was, I was looking for that. And I thought that the only way that that could possibly be satisfied was in marriage. And unfortunately, I don't think that was ever corrected before I got married. Uh And so I went into marriage looking for essentially, gosh, I mean, like heaven on earth. I, I expected things to work out perfectly. And as long as the rest of my life, the rest of my life could be crappy and things could be not working out and constantly failing, like had been my experience in life up until that point. But as long as I was married, everything was going to be okay, I thought. And so I did get married for the most part for that reason. But I also think uh, another reason I got married was like I, f- I met my wife, who wasn't my wife at the time, obviously. I met her. We were hanging out, and I was like, man, I really would like to spend the rest of my life with this girl. So why wait? Let's just make this happen before something goes wrong. <laughs> Let's make it permanent. Yeah. And that was that. And, uh, you know, it was many years before I realized that I got married under a false pretense and had to examine, analyze, and address those issues. But uh, now I can say we're doing good. We've been married 15 years. We celebrated our 15th oh, congratulations. anniversary this year. Yeah, thanks. And so it's been really good. Uh, most of the good stuff has been figuring out how I incorrectly went into marriage. And same with her. She'll, she'll say that she had some false pretense as well. So, Seth, why'd you get married? Uh, <sighs> I want to talk about video games now. Um, so it's, uh, I, I think same thing as you. It's kind of complex. Like, um, part of it was, I had an ideal, an idolatry of, uh, I, I need to get married and, you know, it's this huge thing I've always desired and I've been waiting for this person. And I would say in public, like, oh, I know she doesn't complete me. It's not all it is, but really I was like, she's going to complete me. I need to be married. <laughs> like, I need, I can't be alone. There's the idea of sex of like, okay, I don't have to feel guilty. Um, there was also good stuff of genuinely like, man, this chick's pretty cool. Like she was pretty awesome. I was like, man, I really like enjoy being with her. I think I love her, but, uh, there wasn't this full depth of, uh, why, why am I doing this? And what's the meaning? And what does it mean by, um, like, how is this a picture, uh, in Genesis? How is this a picture of the gospel? How does this glorify God? And I think it, it wasn't that no one told me a part of me didn't care. I just wanted to get married. I didn't want to be alone. And a lot of that stuff I carried on. I've just like, no, my whole life I'd been waiting. Like, I, I just want to be with someone and be accepted and have that. And that was almost the ultimate acceptance. If you get married, it's, oh, you found the one. You, you, you won. You crossed the finish line. You found the one you're meant to be with. You're with her. And that's all the things you see on sitcoms. Um, basically what I'm saying is Boy Meets World ruined my life. It really did. <laughs> it like, it was like, you're going to do this. And this is the goal. It's meeting someone. It's being with someone. 
And there was a deeper longing of like, no, I want to be known. But, you know, I don't think I knew that till into marriage because our first year, gosh, I was a terrible husband. Just no clue what I was doing. So closed off. Now it's awesome. Now I'm like, man, this is great. Um, and she, she is, she's the greatest woman I know. But, um, I think it was partially I loved characteristics about her. Partially I loved characteristics about me. And, um, she loved those characteristics and affirmed them. And it was like, and I liked how it made me feel good. So part of it was I liked me. And that's why I was getting married was really I loved me, not her. And part of it was, yeah, the Bible of like, it was called a good thing. There's a covenant. I was told you could be sanctified in. And now I'm seeing more and more in marriage of like, man, some of these views are so stupid, so cultural. Some of these views I based on porn and or TV, which sometimes is the same. But um, he, here's the thing I'm noticing. Um, you, Ravi Zacharias had a story about his brother who uh, goes up to his parents and says, hey, find me a wife. Write home to like India and find me a wife. And they go, okay. So they start riding home, trying to find, you know, uh, a woman he can marry. And he sees pictures of them and letters describing them. And he narrows it down and starts contacting them, writing back. And he narrows it down to one girl and he's never met her. And he says, all right, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna marry her. Never met her. And his brother Ravi goes, Hey, are you worried you're gonna like get off the plane? Cause here's his brother's plan. He's gonna fly over there. Get off the plane, propose, and then marry her next day. Never mm. met her. And Robbie says, are you worried you're going to get off the plane, see a girl, and go, oh, I hope that's not her, or I hope that's her sister, or start getting nerves and feel guilty? And he said, Ravi, love is as much a will as it is an emotion. Like, I choose to love her. Mm-hmm. Um, because we often look like, oh, arranged marriage, that's so stupid. Yet they have stories of arranged marriage where they actually ended up loving each other. Um, but we have our individualism, we have their collectivism. Um, I think there's a balance of you should love them and you have your desires. There's also the mandate in scripture, be fruitful, multiply. And then also partially of, Hey, I'm doing this to, uh, be known. And then another selfless part to go, you know, I should be, you know, a servant. I want to be sanctified. I want to connect with someone and be whole. I want to, or, or this, you see another part of God. When you see that other image bear from a different perspective, you are learning more about the image of God and all. So I don't know there was a lot wrapped up in that. And um, I'm just now I'm just nailing it. Just I read so it, good at marriage. I read an article one time about <laughs> arranged marriages and the author had said, was it John MacArthur? <laughs> no. Um, the author had said that arranged marriage success rate is higher than non-arranged marriage. Your joke. Who was it? So, what? Really? I can't remember. It was a really long time ago, but they were saying, they were looking at it and they were saying, well, is an arranged marriage more successful? And he goes into the fact, like you were saying that in an arranged marriage, you're choosing to love somebody. You're not falling in love. You're not experiencing the emotion of love. You're choosing to love and you're choosing to stand by this person. And then they went into the fact that there's a a cultural part of arranged yes, marriages yes, where you can't divorce right. in yeah. that culture. There's that. It's not Shame. a choice. Yeah. But the I was really disappointed in the conclusion of the article, which said 
there's definitely more successful, there's definitely more arranged marriages that don't end in divorce, but they're not fulfilling marriages. And I was like, well, what is a fulfilling marriage? You know, how do you define that? Because I believe the author was defining it based on, um, like emotion, Western emotional fulfillment. Yeah. And so he was saying, like, how many of the wives in arranged marriages are really happy? Okay. How do you measure how somebody's happy? You know, I don't think a survey would necessarily do it or even an explanation would necessarily do it. I could say there's a lot of wives out there in very fulfilling marriages that are not happy whatsoever. Yeah. And I can also say there's a lot of happy wives out there that don't have good marriages. Sure. So either way, it was very interesting that an arranged marriage, even if it's not a good marriage, it's a lot easier to stay. <laughs> Unfortunately, all I know about arranged marriages is, is like a TV trope. You know what I mean? Right. So I think of like an Indian family mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, you have to marry this guy no matter what. And then they do and they and the wife hates the husband, but she sticks with him. So I don't know necessarily. Like I'm not in that culture. I can't really tell. Yeah. But it is very interesting once you change your mindset, I feel like in my Western American marriage to accept somebody and choose to love them as opposed to them making me love them, it it definitely changes things a lot for the better, I feel like. Sure. Are we still doing this? All right. <laughs> so, question. How are you guys doing? Is marriage hard? Is it easy? Is it sometimes easy? Is it sometimes hard? How are you guys doing with marriage? Tony, you answer first because you are the main guy on this podcast and I am leaving because I got invited to go on the Adam Carolla show, which I assume is doing well. I haven't been following any news on it, but yeah. No? I love Adam. How are you doing, Tony? Um... At marriage. Are you nailing it? Are you just like always great at, always patient? <laughs> love is patient. Love is kind. Love is slowly losing your mind. <laughs> I stole that from, uh, what was it? Oh, shoot. How, uh, 27 dresses. 27 dresses. Or is it 29? Oh, shoot. Catherine Heigl is going to be all over me for that. Heigl. Is that a, is that a follow up to the traveling pants? No. That's totally unrelated. Totally unrelated. Oh, gosh, they sound the same. To me. Traveling pants, <laughs> aka we're too poor to buy better jeans. Yes. <laughs> How does the pants fit all of them? You've seen it. It's not. I don't even know what it means. I don't know. It's pants that travel. I thought the pants were like a character. Hipster. And they were like, "Hey, I'm in Minneapolis." Pants trying to. F- Is it? Is I never it, watched right? the movie. They're pants. I wasn't listening. I don't know. The I know. pants are like, ooh, check out the arch. In Mama St. Louis. Mia is who knocked up my mom. Um, traveling pants is we're finding ourselves. Sounds For good. some reason, we lost ourselves and we have to go find it. I don't know. And has Deadpool's wife. Um, the Yaya Sisterhood? What was that about? Witchcraft. Because <laughs> That's easy. Witchcraft. Here's the thing that I figured in a <laughs> Latin language. When you end words in O, it's masculine. Uh-huh. And when you end er, words in A, it's feminine, right? Right. Like, uh. If you end words in Senorita is the female and. Senorito. Senor- <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that didn't work. But either way, I figured it was like yo-yo brotherhood. 
But it was Yaya Sisterhood? Is that how that The works? Brotherhood of Yo-Yo. <laughs> you know what? I'm tracking with you, and we're just going to say Like, they works. go around, and they do yo-yo tricks. Yo-yo! But it's, gr- it's a girl version, so yeah, it's Yaya Sisterhood. There you go. Maybe that's the sound they made, just yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. Sorry. So, Tony, Tony, how you doing with marriage? Are you nailing it? And if not, it's got to be if not. If not, <laughs> what is the challenge in marriage? Being a three-time PhD Nobel Prize winner. Go ahead. Well, I think it kind of goes back. Uh, I'm tracking with Sean a little bit about, I think I had this false idea of what marriage was going to be. And no, it's, it's, it's been awesome, but it's also been difficult. You know, um, I remember three months into it, my wife and I were just so upset with like each other. The situation, I mean, we were, I mean, it was bad. We were arguing all the time and like just the newlywed phase, like just quickly just went right out the window to the point where we both actually contemplated on like, you know, it's only been three months. If we divorce now, people probably wouldn't even remember. Like <laughs> we could just move on. Like it never even happened. Jeez. And that's just kind of where we were. And, uh, Somehow just God intervened and straightened us both out, you know, because we both just had a lot of issues. You know, we both came from divorced families. Um, We didn't really have a good image, healthy image of of marriage and, and, and like family that we could go talk to and just be like, hey, this is where we're at. What do we do? Um, And so it, it basically took us like sitting down together and finally saying, all right, if we're going to do this. We got to figure this out. And I feel like we've been there, like just figuring it out, you know, just uh, unfortunately, the last church that we were at, there was some people that definitely helped and definitely encouraged us and, and, and sat down with us and uh, mentored us a little bit, counseled with us and helped us through a lot of things. But it just never felt like the theology, like the like, what does the Bible say? Like, who are we supposed to be? Like, it just didn't seem well so we struggled for a long time and so we both just started doing things at home you know books different things and um, we've had some really high highs and we've had some really low lows and I think right now we're in a season of marriage of uh, our marriage is definitely matured but there's a lot of things coming to the surface I think recently even that we're realizing like all right, here's some things we neglected here's some things that we've kind of ignored now they're surfacing, and so what are we going to do with it? Um, like our marriage is, is solid, and and I love her to death. I'm, I've known her, man, since I was I think I was eight years old when I met her and her family. Wow. Um, so she's been in my life as far back as I can remember, and uh, she's honestly loved me better than anybody ever has. She's been there for me in ways that I could never even ask for, and and. I'm so grateful for her. Um, you, you know, it, it 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 just sucks. Like when you allow like sin to cloud your judgment and all these things to come into the way, and then you finally step back and realize, like, I'm so blessed to have Jenny as my wife. You know, um, she's she's a great woman, and and uh, but it's it's not easy. You know, um, but it's not impossible. Uh, we, we've had to work through a lot of things and, and that's kind of where we're at right now. Just uh, taking some time to reflect and just kind of see where we're at and just 
kind of ask the hard questions and it can be uncomfortable. And I think that's something that I've learned about marriage is when marriage gets uncomfortable, people want to quit. But the marriages that I've seen that have lasted have taken those uncomfortable moments and just championed those uncomfortable moments, like pushed into those uncomfortable moments. Hmm. Um, and, you know, now they, they, they'll tell us stories of, man, we, we were there, we understand, we know where you're at, you know, but it gets better. And so, you know, my wife and I are happy. We're raising our son. We all, we've had talks about another kid, you know, cause I'm a son's four. So we're trying to figure out, like, do we have another kid? Do we, do we not, you know, kind of a thing. And, um, but I think it's been more difficult than I thought because I never realized how selfish I am. And so that's something this past year that I've been wrestling with is, uh, like I'm a, I'm a selfish person. Like I think about myself first a lot, you know, and, and part of it is innocent, you know, just growing up the way I did, I had to learn how to just survive. I had to learn how to just take care of myself, do things, think of myself. I could put myself first. But now, you know, I've been married for eight years and it's like, yeah, but I'm not that kid anymore. You know, I'm not just living to survive. Like, how do you live to flourish? How do you live so that the person you're loving flourishes? And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like, how do I live in a way where my wife can flourish? How do I live in a way where our marriage grows stronger? And, and how do I crucify my, my selfishness? Because mm. it's not easy. It's, it's, it's deeply rooted into the way I think. Um, in my worldview. So, yeah, I don't know. We debate all the time if we want two kids, but then I remember the second one's already born, so we can't really go back on that. <laughs> but we debate. I still go, do I want two kids? But then I see him there, and he's, you know, awake and talking <laughs> to me. I go, okay, I guess that's what we're doing. <laughs> I guess so. that's what we're... We still debate it. How did we, we want here? two kids? You know, that black market for multi-ethnic kid. I'm just saying. There's some money to be had. Angelina Jolie would buy your son. She would steal my Either son. One. How about you, Sean? How you doing with marriage? What's easy? What's hard? Ugh. Why are you the silver-tongued devil you are? Uh, I would. I'm proud to report that I believe my marriage is better than it's ever been right now, which is good. But uh, it's been pretty rough. I, you know, I'm. I've never hidden the fact that like the first seven years of my 15 year marriage had, was awful, you know, blame that on my misunderstanding of what marriage is and how marriage works. And also my misunderstanding of how, how women work and things like that, how manhood works and all those things, you know, uh, I, I, I remember I thought that Mark Driscoll and his, um, his sermon series calling out men to be more masculine and things like that was good. I thought that those books love and respect and for women only and for men only were going to solve the marriage and all of those things. But I can honestly say, I think they maybe helped a little bit, but they didn't do a whole lot. Uh, I, and the real hard part has been when you've, been who you are in a marriage for seven years and you realize that needs to change changing that is very difficult like it takes a lot of humility and even like discomfort and embarrassment to kind of admit who you are 
after you've established your character for seven years incorrectly. And so uh, that's been really rough, but I think we're doing good. I think about seven to eight years ago, we started to turn things around. Uh, like you were saying, Tony, good theology had a lot to do with that. I think real brothers, uh, from my perspective, real brothers that came alongside me and helped me out like Seth and a bunch of other people were really good. Um, just kind of being in church and in leadership and being called out on stuff all the time was really good for me. And then I honestly think like being able to be honest with my wife, I think was a pretty major part of my marriage where things turned around. Uh, you know, the whole time that I was married, I thought, you know, you have to project this image and it's super important to project this image and, uh, being able to actually be honest with her and tell her who I really am and how I really think and how much of a weird pervert and distressing human being I really am. Um, uh, although that freaked her out at first, I think it's been really good. And so, um, we've been able to like, uh, be advocates for each other more knowing that I think, which has been good. So I think my marriage is better than ever, but there's definitely a lot of improvement we have to make. And I think we have at least seven more years before I die when we can make that improvement. So I have a feeling it's going to be twice as good as it is now by then. If that answers your question, Seth. Um, I mean, yeah, if you want, yeah, I mean, I guess if you can. <laughs> no, it does, because um, I think, so one of the things that turned it around for my wife and I was, uh, we were hearing uh, Matt Chandler preach, and he said... Who? Um, Chandler from Friends. Oh, okay, gotcha. No, oh, uh, he's hilarious. hilarious. Could you be any more wrong? Yeah. Um... <laughs> Matt Chandler, he had brain cancer and they didn't. Uh, I'm tracking with you. Um, I'm tracking. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he had a sermon where he talked about, he goes, all right, I'm going to say this and I don't want you, you know, I kind of want you to be offended, but not really. He says, I married my wife, but she's just a girl and I'm just a guy. And the audience is kind of like, what the heck is you're supposed to say? She's the one. And he says, no, she's just a girl. I'm just a guy. She's not meant to fulfill me. He goes, you know, there's that movie. Jerry Maguire says, you complete me. He says, what garbage? No, uh, how dare you put that weight on her or that weight on you? He says, here's something. He goes, I love my wife and now we're married. He goes, but I could be happy with another woman. Hmm. He goes to say, no, she's the only person on the planet. I have. He goes, no, I could have met someone with the same personality who I was attracted to who loved Jesus. Sure. It could have been a different context, different. He goes, now in God's sovereignty, this is the girl, you know, she's the specific one I met with that personality in this context, in this say, out of all the women who I could, you know, um, basically be compatible with out of the thousands I could, she was a specific one out of those thousands that God put in my path. He goes, but you know how I know she's the one? She's wearing my ring. So right. there was a sense of, yes, like when you marry her, yes, value her. She's now the one for you. But to say that, that 
put so much weight on them being special. There's only one person on this planet I could ever get along with. Um, it's dangerous too, because then if you meet a woman who you talk to and she's any type of charismatic or you get along with her, or there's a good friendship, you go, Oh, maybe I'm not married to the one. Cause I'm supposed to feel these amazing. No, it's like she was a broken person who Matt Chandler married and he was a broken person. And you can't take two people who are not whole and say, Hey, 70% plus 70% makes 200%. No, God has to fulfill us, make us whole. And I think it took pressure off us to go, okay, no, you're not supposed to be the be all end all. And to be able to say, no, I love you, but I, I want more. I want God. And those movies really just, man, yeah. they, they screw it up with, no, this is supposed to be a big thing. Here's the thing. If, it, if there's just a one, what do we say to widows who want to get remarried? Nope. You had your one. What do we say to people who they get married? Um, and they think they're the one, then they cheat on. Well, that wasn't the one. Now you need to find the one. Well, how do I know? Well, well, what do you feel? Well, I felt last time this was the one. And there's all these things. And it's not in the Bible. They go, well, you know, God, I mean, I've heard things like you need to make a list. Like here are the 15 things I want. Well, here's the thing. Like, it's not wrong to have certain personality characteristics you get along with better than others. That's not sin. But why aren't you thinking about, well, what am I going to bring? How am I going to serve them? How am I going to show them Christ? How am I going to disciple them? And it just, we make it so basic and just generalized and, and base it off Hollywood versus is the Bible, does the Bible really show that marriage is about, I have to find the perfect one and they meet all these standards. I go, really? That, that sounds like Jesus because he's the only perfect one who's going to meet all your standards. Absolutely. Uh, it just, there's so much garbage there. So we listen to sermon. Um, and yeah, kind of, I was like, all right. And first thing I did was do a dishes because he brought that up, <laughs> but it just, she's not this goddess. She has wounds. I have wounds. We have imperfections. We have struggles. I mean, it just, now she's wearing my ring. God put her in my path and ordained this. Okay. She's my one now, but it's not this Hollywood. It just, it's so crazy how much of an emphasis we put on marriage. And that's no surprise that people see it as a finish line. And then if that's a finish line and the thing that completes you as a Christian, then what does that tell single people? They go, Oh, I'm incomplete. That's garbage. It's an aspect of my life. It's a season. It's a part, huge part of my life. It's not the be all end all. I guess what? I lived a life before I met her. I was already a person. I already was figuring out who I was. Same thing with her. She met people before she met me. She had disappointments. She had stuff. So it's just interesting. I would say now uh to kind of go along with Sean, my first year was garbage. I was mm. so bad. Jeez, I had no concept of what I really meant. Now we're uh almost nine years in, um, been together 10. Oh, she's awesome. Yeah. And, and I like to think I'm less of a pile of crap. So we're just working through it. And it's, yeah, it's way better. Um. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that answers my question, but I think it. Yeah. I want to ask the question, and I have a uh, interesting version of the question. Since this your phone is tasing me, Tony. What was up with that? That's an interesting notification. It's all. You have a text. How many many phones do you have? 
I have a work phone. How did you do that? You have like a Russian doll phone? <laughs> yeah, I have a work phone. He has what we call a burner, aka when he's <laughs> yeah. murdering people by the Truckee River. Yeah. Okay. So, chicken. I, chicken is not actually my favorite meat. I actually think chickens are vile, disgusting creatures. <sighs> but. <laughs> well, there's that. I do appreciate good chicken. What is the best prepared chicken place it has to be a restaurant you can't say well my wife's chicken's the best no what is the best chicken restaurant so locally we have popeyes right um chick-fil-a what else do we have so anything chicken here's what you're thinking roscoe's kfc yeah what's what's the best chicken wingstop wingstop fair enough that's what Maverick says. Chicken wings are the best. Wings? I getcha. I gotcha. Yeah. That's uh, my favorite way to eat chicken. At Wingstop. Wings. Or Buffalo Wild Wings. What what's better between those two? <sighs> well, the wings at Buffalo Wild Wings are bigger, so I like that. Mm. You have more selection. You like those big thighs, eh? <laughs> Is that what you're into, you freak? You Excellent. Pervert. Sponsored by Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> I'm just trying to seek some sponsorship, actually. I want those All greased up with salt on them. All right, perv. Gotcha. <laughs> I like the lower back of a chicken. Of course you Why do, Why don't they sell freaks? those? I'm surrounded by a bunch of freaks and poison. Chicken fried steak, though. Beat I mean, it, bozo. Okay. Can we get real for a second? <laughs> you perv. Yeah, let's get real. Chicken fried steak? Yeah. When I was on my mission trip, we had to stop in Houston. Mm. And we went to a restaurant, and I ordered chicken fried steak in Texas, and it was amazing. What was it called? I don't know what the name of the restaurant Thighs was called. and such. Because we just walked over to some place, it was some 24-hour place that was open all night. But- he walked in and goes, do you have breasts and thighs? <laughs> They're like, it's 2 a.m., why aren't you wearing pants? He goes, I gotta have it. Ch- chicken <laughs> fried Dominion steak, though, chicken. I mean. Yeah, or Black Bear Diner. Have you ever had the chicken? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Black Bear Diner. Yeah, I didn't chicken. say it's it like gone. a pervert like you two, but still. I really I really want to be heavy-handed about that you're perverts. I think it'll really help the episode <laughs> to just really be like, let's end on a high note that uh, you're pervs <laughs> about this. Hey, Sean, favorite type of chicken? Like, what piece? What, what part of the chicken body? Piece of chicken? Is the, it the thigh or the breast? The okay, word. I have a question for you. Is it the butt? <laughs> I have a question. What is it? Is it the nuggets, Tony? Oh, it is about the nuggets, actually. Okay, go ahead. When somebody asks you, do you want traditional or boneless? Boneless chicken wings are chicken nuggets, right? I would say so. But I also believe the gospel, so I don't eat these establishments. <laughs> I hate... Well, no, It is! They're nuggets! It's, it's a lie! lie. Nuggets. It's a lie! Like, oh, do you want boneless chicken wings? Because that's Just how they say it. In nature, there's boneless yeah, chicken wings. Yeah, that's what I assume. Like, I assume they genetically altered what, chicken wings. No, you're an adult. <laughs> you're an adult eating chicken nuggets. Yeah. Just accept it. They're little chicken There's fingers. nothing wrong with nuggets. Hold on, hold on. I don't get people wait, get wait, all wait, high wait. and mighty. What, you can't Are you saying... Okay, I watched Faces of Death. I, I, I thought I, that was your cup for a second. I, I was like, take it easy, Sean. Jeez. I was I've like, what's your problem? I've, I've been involved as a punk kid in some PETA protests. Oh, wow. Not Have because you? I even cared. Remember? Oh, you were there, yeah. Seth. Yeah. I wasn't paying attention. We went to Safeway. I was thinking of Mountain Lions. <laughs> I know you were. But <laughs> I assumed that the food industry was so cruel 
that they actually created some type of boneless chicken that just Just lays there in a box. And it's like, kill me. And eventually they do. They like give it all these steroids and it makes these big boneless, delicious breasts. (laughs) Delicious mutant nuggets. Because the thing with the bone is you have all the tendons and the like every now and then, like I, this is why I hate chicken. You're biting and you're like, I, I, I really, I loved chicken before I realized what it was. When I was a kid and I grew up watching Sword of the Stone and certain Disney movies. I want chicken And they just take this big chicken wing and they like put it in their mouth and strip all the meat off. And it looks so good. And I try to do that and you can't do that because there's all these weird rubber band things. Things that you can't eat. And tendons and and weird Oh, disgusting, like, rubbery parts. I can show you. Have you seen the food in AKA Hook? Yes, exactly. And the food in, if you see the new Hobbit, when they're eating, it's all like sausage. I was like, I want to eat carbs all the time. My wife's like, you already tried that fatty. And there's no, but that's the thing. There's no weird gristly parts. I know. And that's what I've always wanted. When you have a boneless (laughs) chicken breast, (laughs) there's none of those weird parts. I've even ha- found those weird rubber bandy parts in like chicken nuggets at McDonald's because Absolutely. it's just like part of chicken. And that's what disgusts me about it. So I appreciate the boneless chickens out there just giving their lives. Call them nuggets. <laughs> oh, God, this is so good. <laughs> I- I'm okay with calling them nuggets, but I did assume that there was some beakless, boneless chicken. I got an argument. <laughs> I got some- <laughs> I got in an argument with a turkey once, but it was very one-sided. When you yelled at it when we were driving on That's the highway? still an argument. He didn't give any rebuttals. He didn't he, give any points. He looked back and went, God. Yeah. Well, I just, I didn't feel he should Seth be was there. like, we were driving on the highway, and we saw a wild turkey, which is actually pretty rare for Nevada. And Seth rolled down the window, and he goes, Hey, turkey! (laughs) Hey! (laughs) And then the turkey looked at him. Yeah, it just glared at me. Dude, turkeys are no joke. It wasn't like it was mad. It was just disappointed. (laughs) They're terrifying. Have you ever tried to, like, like call a wild turkey? I've slapped a dolphin. I've not called a wild turkey. So when I went to Montana, uh, uh, my wife has family up in Montana. They have, like, a 1,500. I think it's 1,500 acres. No, it's it's 2,000. And there was these wild turkeys outside. So I get up early in the morning, I go out, and I start calling them in. Like, woo! (laughs) Really? And my wife was watching me through the... I didn't know she was watching me. So I'm out there. Like, I'm I'm from the city. I've never been on a ranch. I don't really know what I'm doing. But I see these turkeys. So I'm trying to call them in. And this (laughs) one starts coming at me. Really? Like, legit comes at me. Like, rooting its head back and forth. Like, coming at me. And my wife is laughing because all she sees is me turn around and run as fast as I can <laughs> and, like, dive over the fence to get away from it. Because I'm like, they're if terrifying. this turkey comes at me, how am I going to fight it? Like, you can't. can't they're big. Yeah. They're huge. huge. I once broke a fence to get away from a husky. <laughs> we were playing volleyball and the ball went over the fence. Yeah, here's how I cheat members' fences. <laughs> I remember this. This is my I, I get on top of the fence and there's a dog. I go... There's a dog glaring at me, and it was just sitting there husky no, because the ball's there. 
And I go, and I assume I go, it's going to attack you. I go, I need to be graceful about this. My first step, I step on the fence. It breaks on the top. So I fall over, get the ball, hop up again. No jokes. I already broke one time. And I hop up because I'm like, crap. I'm like scared. Like this dog's going to just go into a sprint and attack me. I get up there, go, okay, easy does it. Step on the other side, break the other part of the fence, fall over and give them the volleyball of a game I wasn't winning anyway. This tell is, it, Sean. Tell it's it. It's so funny to me because, like, <laughs> Seth was like the Tasmanian devil. But he was the one who hit it over the fence, first of all. We're playing yeah. volleyball. He hits it over the fence. And everyone goes, Seth, <laughs> you ruined the game. And then he goes to jump over the fence. And it was like, literally, he broke. It wasn't even graceful at all. I snapped I it off. It just broke. I go, goes, huh. It's a wooden fence with those wooden planks. And he, the second he touches it, it's just like two planks come off. And then he throws them and gets up there and puts his foot through another one. And like rolls over the top rail. And then, and then and he just disappears into this other person's yard. And this was a stranger's house. <laughs> was the thing we were over there? It was my son. It was my son's. What do you call that? Birth bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah. No, it was <laughs> before he was born. What yeah, do you call that? Bridal shower. A baby shower. Baby shower. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know because baby showers aren't really a thing. Yeah. But we made a co-ed For baby shower. They are. And Seth just destroys this person's <laughs> fence, whose house we're having this at, who I don't even know. I damage it. So he goes bad. into the backyard and you just hear, ah! And you hear him arguing. He goes, you better not, son of a. <laughs> and then he comes back over and breaks four totally different sections of the fence getting over. Because here's the thing. And he's like tumbling into it. It was so Because here's the thing. I jump as, I, as I'm going over the top. I see they have two dogs. And here's the thing. I didn't want to give them, I wouldn't even give them any chance of like, well, maybe they're nice dogs. No, as I'm coming over, I look and they're supposed to stare at me. I assume any dog in the backyard, I don't know why I do this. I cause I've been bit three times. Yeah. I assume every dog in the backyard is, no, I'm an intruder. They're going to sprint and they can make it to that other side of the fence. And like two, no one appreciates this, by the way, because this is true. This happens. I'm like, they can make it to that fence. Boom. In two or three seconds. And I fall over land, see this dog glaring at me. I'm like, screw this. And I did. I went, don't you, don't eat. I grabbed the ball and jump. And the funny thing is, as I jump up gracefully and snap more pieces, I look backwards. The other dog has sat down, yeah. not even chasing me, staring at me going, what's his deal? And here's a funny thing. If it had chased me, out of fear, I wouldn't have even jumped over to go like, oh, I need to get away from it. Like, I'll just abandon the ball. I would just you slam would my it. shoulder through and just run through the fence. <laughs> let the dog come in and attack everyone else. And I would have ran away and said, this is your problem. This husky and who's like 12 or 13. But luckily, I got the ball and broke a whole section of their fence. Oh my gosh! I just was so funny. <laughs> it just that it was it so wasn't hard. even graceful. And I get over. Some people are laughing. The owner's going, "What the hell is your problem, man?" Like it's, I was like, "I got the ball." <laughs> that was so great. And I, I had shingles, that. and I was still playing volleyball. <laughs> I had the shings. 
I'll answer the question. Sorry. <sighs> that was a big thing. So I think in Reno, actually, I think the best chicken that I've ever had is in Reno, surprisingly. And again, I have, I have reservations huh. about chicken. So you have to do a lot to please me. And Hash House Agogo, have you guys been there? Yeah, no. I've been there. I had their waffle tower. Dude, yes. They're so good. I had their a heart chicken attack after that. It's legitimately it is good. Yeah. so good. And I've had all the chickens the in stabbing, town. But, yeah. Except raising canes. I, I don't like either. the name. I don't like that name. It just doesn't. It's care. a verb. It's a great place. It's a verb. It can't be a noun and a verb, a proper noun and a verb. Raising canes? What if it's multiple children named canes and they're all. God, yeah, but that's still a verb. You're raising them. <laughs> raising that... Cain's chicken, it doesn't, it just, I Why don't like the name. Why can't it be a verb? What? It's a, because it's a establishment. It's gotta be a proper noun. Does it? I thought humans had to be proper nouns. What, what oh. other places, what other places is a verb? AutoZone, is that a verb? If it was called AutoZoning, would you go there? I wouldn't. <laughs> I w- I'm I trying to think, think, I think a, about it. Cause, well, here's the thing. I don't know what English is. Um, <laughs> so a verb. Um, Railies. It would be called railing. Would you go there? Holing food. <laughs> Actually, we go, to, we go to holing food. The catchphrase <laughs> would be getting railed. Raising. <laughs> getting railed. Uh, exactly. Raising but canes. railing can be a noun, so that's not a fair. It's raising canes. There's no way to make that a noun. And it's, I just don't like it because of the name. I've never tried it. But I'm just not. But I'm I not comfortable with that name. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a man. That's weird. What's a restaurant that uses a verb? Um, okay, here's one. Well, it's not necessary. McDonald's getting cancer. That's, that's <laughs> no. We have a place in town called Chomp. I think. Chomp. But still, Chomp, Chomp a Chomp. That feast. can be a noun. Is feast is a that... feast? You go to a feast. That can be a noun. Um, Raising canes, there's no way to make but it. But it's a noun, not a feast. That's why it's I don't feast, like, it. like it's feast. Well, you there's don't know. No it's not explicit. It's not it even feasting. Feast. It doesn't add it's a. Just feast. What? No, no, no. But feast, the word feast can be a noun. Raising canes cannot be a noun. It's no only a noun if you it. add a, though, isn't it? If you say, "Oh, we're going to a feast," if you say, "Hey, feast," that's a it can action. Be a noun that's a on its own. It Is doesn't need the a. It can something? be a noun on its own. Feast on its own. Why not? Yeah. Feast. I thought it has to be a sentence with a before to be. I thought it has to have that a before. That's how you would. That's how you would imply that it's a noun. But still, the word. I'm. What I'm saying is the word itself can be a noun. Raising canes. How can that be a noun? Unless somebody's first name was raising and their last name was canes. What if it is? Are you? But they have the apostrophe raising cane apostrophe s. What is canes? Just don't like it. That's the name of a person who they raised. So eating people, huh? Exactly. Yeah, huh? I'm not eating at that place. I I just wait. Are they a sponsor? Do you well, want to be a sponsor? Do you want games? to be because I'm okay with verbs, unlike my anti-verb candidate. If in the future you hear this episode and don't like us talking crap about your restaurant, let us know. Pay us money, and we will take this out of the Absolutely. past. Absolutely. You comp me a meal. I'll give you a better review. Exactly. If you pay me, we'll take out this review altogether. Yeah. What but about Flurbinsons? You, you eat their Consider changing your name. You That's eat a verb. Flurbinsons. What about... Uh, Alberto's. 
Alberto, yeah, eating garbage. Think about it. Even if you go to the hardware store, plumbing, that's a verb, but it can also be a noun. Lumber is definitely a noun. Electrical is definitely a noun. Penis. Everything can be a noun. Yeah, penis. I would go to a restaurant called penis. But not But I would penis-ing. not go to penising. <laughs> not penising? That's, That's the intro wait, to the wait, show. Wait, wait, can I ask, can I ask, what's up? All right, so why can't a restaurant be a verb, though? What was your issue with it being a verb? I don't know. I just don't, I don't feel right about okay, it. Okay. What, what well, if there's a place called sushiing and it was awesome sushi? I would never know because I wouldn't go there. You'd say, I'm not sushiing. I'm not going to eat sushi. So you would describe a verb of why you're not going to eat this verb. If it was called eating sushi, I would not go there. Oh. Penis. So good. And all they serve. I would literally, if they started a restaurant, and this totally sounds like a midtown ploy, they would say, hey guys, have you tried the new bar called Penis? I'd be like, I need to go check it out. But if they said, hey, guys, there's a new bar called Penising, I'd be like, not up to my snuff. Not up to my snuff. Now, if there was a place, I'm stealing this from Crazy Rich Asians. If there's a place called Walk of Shame, W-O-K, Walk of Shame, that can be a verb or noun. Can yeah, it could be a noun. So the would you go there if it's ambiguous, though? Oh, yes. I'd go there if it's ambiguous. Penising sounds fun to some Chomp people. In or society. feast. Chomp! Those are ambiguous, and I would go there. I've gone to feast. Because I just opened a restaurant called Penising. <laughs> so you have to go now. I will never go. What we serve mainly, <laughs> mainly salads. So we got, oh, and organic cupcakes. Um, penising. Get it up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think we've answered. Oh, wait, Seth, favorite chicken. I, I don't like chicken. I really don't. I'm not. It's uh, not the best, right? It's not the best meat. I'm, dude, I'm all about. All right, this gonna sound. Uh, I well, I'm, okay. I'm just gonna sound snobby anyway. Okay, if it has to be chicken, because here's the thing. I like like bison, moose. I like red meat. I like you cow fish belly. I like I like steak. Like I like beef. A lot of time I like beef. Uh, salami. I like you would. <laughs> I am Dutch. Like a bratwurst or something mm-hmm. with yeah. like sauce. I like all that. I know. Um, Some sauteed. I'm with you. I don't like chicken, chicken that much. Chicken but what's and the Reno. best chicken that you've... No, anywhere. Best I would chicken say, anywhere. I would say either the hash house that you brought up or... um, I I like... You know, I like Buffalo Wild Wings and Wingstop. I like those places. Um, You know, I I'm, I mean, I'm not going to go penising there, but I like those places. <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> Which one's better? A Wingstop or Buffalo Wild Wings? Yeah. I think. Are we doing overall or just the chicken? Just in your experience. Yeah, the chicken. The chicken. Just the chicken? I, I'd say Buffalo Wild Wings. Wow. All right. Sponsored by Buffalo Wild Wings and Hash House of Go Go. Yeah. Mm. I think that's it. What am I doing? Can you edit this out? What am I doing with my life? Like, I don't... Why are we even... Why are you Here's even listening? I just want to make it to the 50th so all our guests can bring stuff and we can eat it and then we'll dissolve this it's podcast be good. as quickly as possible. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <Penis>. <laughs> 
that concludes another fine episode of Tales from the Ditch. <laughs> if you are Buffalo Wild Wings or Hash House of Go-Go, please Email contact us, yeah, us at, at, <laughs> at, at talesfromtheditch at gmail.com or jmcarthur at gracetoyou.org. We will be happy to uh, respond. Now, yeah, you know if you what? sign the social justice, I'm not what's it called? I don't want to, you know what I'm trying to do? I'm trying not to be as much of a D-bag. He just, I'm, I'm going to email him. Me and J-Mac talk all the time. Tales from Ditch at Gmail. I want sponsors. I don't care about your opinions. I want sponsors. I want keel. I want chicken. I want Irish beer. <laughs> I, I want, want penising. <laughs> I want <laughs> penising. Give <laughs> Sponsor our podcast. Cause you know what? These cigars and stuff ain't cheap. You know what, Elko? You listen to us. Give us money. We're all about money. It's not ethics. Sparks, Reno, Carson, Norway for some reason, Africa, in an undisclosed area. Give us money. <laughs> put your money where your mouth is so that I can put chicken where my mouth is. I'm hungry. I want chicken. I want beer. That's why I'm in this. I don't even care. This is oh, the podcast. God. I want chicken and beer. <laughs> This is what I'm doing. Next episode, I'm just reviewing chicken and beer. That's all. I'll take a bite and go, uh. Or next, I'll go, uh. That's how I'll review chicken. Uh. It'll be 60 minutes of you hearing my jowls move as greasy chicken hits my double chin. How do you, review, how do you review penising? You can't. It's a, it's a movement, man. It's a belief. It's a way of life. <laughs> I want that chicken and I want you to listen and lament like a little and Vienna gaze sausage. upon his horror in horror as you can hear the pieces of waffle and chicken falling out of my mouth kind of like that guy from Lord of the Rings when he hears the report that his son's died and you hear the grapes squishing between his teeth I mean chicken and waffles to your lament go to your village huts you peasants and gaze upon me in fear as I eat delicious chicken and drink your beer penising <laughs> gaze upon me and weep oh hear my jowls <laughs> weep you have Troy Hubert wept oh in terror you know what? And I should Troy. explain. I repent of none of this. Troy Hubert wept. Troy at the sound Hubert of his wept. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Chicken. Oh, so gold. It will. It will be golden chicken. You will see. You will see that for fifty episodes. You followed this, and it was all ploy for me to eat that chicken and stand upon the ashes of your despair. You have you have listened to me, and you have been led into the darkness. Dark meat. Oh. Dark meat. <laughs> All right, zip it up. Zip it out. Oh my gosh. <laughs>